Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Football Talk. I am your host Simba Tikanifo and today I am joined by Anes Mzondo as we speak about Barcelona and what is going on behind the scenes at this famous club. If you do like this podcast, please like, comment and share to everyone you know who loves football. And without further ado, let's get cracking. And we're live. And how are you doing? How are you doing today, bro? I'm all good, man. How are you doing? I'm alright. I'm, I'm alive. I'm well. I'm healthy. Um, yeah, that, that's all I can say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just doing the usual. Uh, uh, kept busy with the pod, didn't you? Yeah, getting busy with the pod, getting people like you on. So yeah, it's it's mad. It's mad, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah, man. I feel you, man. I feel you man, spending like every day just doing something you love, man. That's the goal. You know, you know, hopefully uh this picks up and get more people around the world, man. Zim, wherever, Tokyo, uh Antarctica, Hungary, yeah, Greenland, man. wherever. Yeah. I get you, man, I get you, I get you. Yeah, but let's not waste any time. Let's let's get straight into it. So, yeah, Barcelona. First of all, before we even start talking about Barcelona, how did you start supporting Barcelona? Um, I think my, I don't know if I'll call it a love affair, but my whole Barcelona story started when I was younger. I was a big supporter of Brazil, the Brazil national team. So... Sound like it's actually mad when you come out to Europe and you start you can't ask the question what national team you support because everyone actually supports their country. Yeah. Yet guys growing up in Zimbabwe, we we loved Zimbabwe of course as our national team. When we came to big tournaments, we we went and chose a nation to support. So my choice was like Brazil, and I'm sure many of the listeners also were fans of Brazil. Yeah. So particularly, I liked um, Kaka and Ronaldinho. So, you know, probably from a young age, I used to love using AC Milan and yeah. games and all that stuff. Everyone's so dream the, team. Yeah, man, you know, the legend. So when the Ronaldinho transfer to Barcelona happened, I, I'm i just like the Ronaldo fanboys who followed on. Yeah. <laughs> and we got in the club he was going to next. And just, yeah, I started supporting Barcelona. And yeah, it started all very superficial relationship. It was mainly about Ronaldinho. But as uh, time went on, and as, as I also just began to grow, like grow in terms of my knowledge of football, in terms of my understanding of the game, I started to um, maybe develop like a style of football that I that I enjoyed watching, enjoyed playing, and yeah, Boston was fitted that style of football. And ever since then, I haven't looked back, man. Ah, that's that's very that's a very detailed. Yeah, interesting, interesting, and yeah, I mean, a lot of kids, people, a lot of people I know, like, if you ask them, well, besides, of course, a lot of you watch Premier League and all that, but when you ask them, what other teams are, yeah, first thing, Barcelona, Barcelona, and it's such a massive club, and for such a massive club, I mean, in recent years, they, they haven't really done that well and that's what I want to talk about today so from I'll just skip forward and from after Guardiola how has the club 
gone from those sides all the way to the point where when you talk about Barcelona it's we you don't really fear them i remember even as a chelsea fan I'm sure people would know when people would say Barcelona well chelsea's playing Barcelona of course i, I would love to play Barcelona but in the back of my head i'm i'm like look we're playing Barcelona these guys are the best team in the world what what has gone wrong in that sense um i think firstly like Guardiola created a team or he created like a about a four five year four five year era where they were Boston or almost untouchable almost unplayable on their day no, no team could match so to be fair they was only going down from there and the first few years in the post Guardiola um, era weren't too bad it was going to be a very hard transition everyone knew that but they, they kind of handled it well because um, they still won a Champions League outside three three years later because um, the big yeah, the biggest thing that's changed in Boston is just about the style of football in terms of it couldn't be tiki-taka anymore because of um, the Jose Mourinho masterclass uh, <laughs> and yeah and just even just like the small the smaller things like let's say going back to the uh, Chelsea one that's called the Champions League where it mm-hmm. was pretty football won't always win you the, the, the big title sometimes you have to get a little bit more gritty a little bit more tough and I think they displayed that in 2015 where they had a combination of class in terms of having MSN firing at full throttle but at the same time I felt I had a Barcelona team with a bit more backbones like that was a bit more prepared to go the extra mile to win the games but in the last five years, that's just been a completely different Barcelona team because, in as much as um, they looked at us very as unsuccessful, it's mainly due to what they've done before that. Because they, in that time, I think they've won the league title three out of five times, maybe, as well as yeah, in those seasons, mainly um, obtaining the dub, which to almost any other club on the planet. Besides, probably Boston and Real Madrid is a normal. It's a, it's a very good achievement, but because of just the stature of the club, like post um, the Johan Cruyff influence, it's now been expected that almost every single season you're 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 putting your money on Boston to win the Champions League. But if you ask anyone right now if they would put their money on Boston this season to win the Champions League, you would find very 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 few takers. And that's where most of us as fans have um, have been left wanting because we, we, we've seen the greatest part of the team, the greatest years of the team. And to see what it is right now is very, it's very disheartening, to be honest. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, I remember even, I remember that 2014 team. And I'm just like, I would not want to face MSN. Never. I mean, that was too deadly. That was too, I will never forget the, the the game against... In fact, two games. The one against Bayern Munich at the Camp Nou. And where, of course, rest in peace, Jerome Boateng, um, where he was scored. And the other one, with the PSG one, where I was just like, wow, these guys are just so fluent. 
They're just so it's so exciting to watch. And now, of course, I'm not a Liga fan. I just watch here and there. But now, when I decide to watch Barcelona, sometimes I watch them and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Apart from Messi and maybe De Jong, like there's not. It's not like the same anymore. The excitement I used to get watching them back in the day. So yeah, I mean, it it speaks volumes and it kind of leads on to my next point about. Um, Barcelona and that now that they're not that exciting and it comes to the transfer dealings now I look at I look at Barcelona and I always think that their last great window was 2014 when they signed Suarez to stay again and Rakitic and after that I always think they haven't had a better window than that one you look at now where the recent one, if I'm not mistaken, they, they signed Frankie De Jong and who has done, I think he's done a good job at Barcelona. He's still young and they signed Griezmann, who I think has been okay. He hasn't really lit up the world, but he's been okay. But even look before that, the Dembele's, he's been injured quite a, few, a number of times. Now I'm signing Bedell, Paulinho, all these guys, and I'm thinking, why do they sign such players if they don't really fit the system? Yeah, I think you've probably hit it like perfectly there where Barcelona made a very good habit of buying very, very good players, but players who not necessarily would fit straight away into the Barcelona system, um, as well as they have what players who, who are past their best, to say the least. And yeah, like the, a prime example is the dealings that went on about two weeks ago and the selling of Arthur to uh, Juventus in trade for Pjanic, which um, I, with my limited <laughs> football knowledge in the time <laughs> I've been alive, just made, has made no sense to me. I've always tried to um, see the best in the board's dealings because at the end of the day, they are paid to do this and we're just spectators. So it's Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I need to humble myself and say maybe I don't know everything. But in terms of this deal, I have not been able to find um, enough enough positives to to back it. And a lot could be said about other other signings in the past. Um, what comes to mind for me is probably Arturo Vidal. He's a very good player, um, but if you put it in the context of things, the money used for him could have been used to buy a player who we could build up further. Um, alongside Arthur um, going further years back like you mentioned you mentioned Paulinho um, two signings that uh, probably stand out in the last um, 10 years or 5 years which did happen in the same window actually were the signings of Usman Dembele and Felipe Coutinho which cost um, Barcelona over £200,000 and on paper those do seem like good signings they seem like maybe not exactly money's worth but you do see um, the reason why they would be attracted by these players but with the signing of Felipe Coutinho signing a very a number 10 basically a player who fits best at number 10 and in a team with Lionel Messi who is the best the king of the free roll it's not as logical to buy Coutinho thinking that maybe oh, if we just throw him on the left wing maybe something can happen where you can see that signing was a bit misguided in terms of um, where they were which I understandably understand I understand that 
it was a pe- more of a panic by because of the the void that Neymar had left. But you can see that there's a bit of um, a bit of a problem in terms of the way that Barcelona are dealing with this. Uh, but in their defence, they are like what you said. They have made good signings over there. I would go to some people. Some people will acknowledge some of these ones because it's not as prevalent. But since Danny Alves left, they have signed um, Nelson Semedo, who I think has been a very good signing. Um, he hasn't been able. I don't think many players could ever fill the void that Danny Alves left. But yeah. he has been uh, able-bodied, and I think he's been—he's a one for the future as well, because he's grown into the role. When he arrived, he wasn't the the the, the person I'd want to see starting. But as time has gone, I realised that yeah, he's growing into that. Even I think two seasons ago or last season, Sean Clare, Torpedo, Musa Wage, all these players who've been bought, like younger players, Junior Firpo and Frankie Diong, the last transfer went away. You've seen that. Okay, there's a bit of sense in the Barcelona board when they're making these decisions, but it's just, I think it's a lot of, um, it seems like a lot of guesswork at times, where they're just trying to see who, who's the best player in this position at this time, and then they try as much as they can to, to get that without taking into consideration of the, the style of football and the current players they have to be able to gel together. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because even for me as a as an outsider, I look at Arthur and the Pjanic sign, and I'm just like, okay, I, I it does not make sense to me whatsoever because here you have a player who's, if I'm not mistaken, is 23, 22. I'm not yeah. sure, and you have Pjanic who's a 30 year old, and he's not a bad player, but age is not on his side and you look at it in three years time you're going to need to replace him again which means now you've got another player on that wage bill of course Barcelona have a lot of money but then you've got another player on this wage bill and looking at it as well you also have all these other old players in the midfield and just it just gets me questioning about the board about the own the, the president and it's kind of crazy in my opinion yeah it's because like um it's very it's very like maybe now because of how much social media is active it's been easy for people to notice that Barcelona are making some of these um crazy decisions and maybe it's also quite a high profile deal to be honest but i'll even take you back to maybe i think five years ago six years ago when yes probably, yeah, probably about six years ago when Barcelona sold um or let Thiago go actually to to Bayern Munich and I'm sure the years the years that, that followed made Boston regret that decision they let him go when he was 23 um, same can be said for Christian Tail. he wasn't exactly he's not or he hasn't proven exactly to be world class but he was let go at 23 Boyan at 24 um, Adama Traore was let go I think at 19 whereas it's um I wouldn't say that all of these, um, all of these, these these decisions were unjustified because I could say Boyan and Christian Taylor did get their run in the team, and they did try and they were amongst some elite players, so it was very difficult for them to even get any game time. But um, you can see that probably ten years before that, 
the Barcelona system was more favorable to young players in terms of them coming in, them being given time. But I think with the way the world has transitioned in terms of making big signings to win the big trophies quickly, yeah. Um, yeah, players are having less of a chance of being able to to come through, progress, and uh, sit in the team. Unless you're like dubbed the next Messi, that that's when they might give you time. For example, I expect Ansu Fati to be given more time than the average um, player who's his age because um, he's been dubbed as a wonder kid, as a, as a generational talent kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I think with the transition of our football around Barcelona has been going like in terms of the clubs that surround us um, on the continental scale, like continental and um, international scale kind of thing, like with um, Real Madrid and with Manchester United, all these teams, Bayern Munich, that it's been about making the big signing. It's been about we're going to win it that way. That it's been easy for Barcelona to neglect that they actually are grooming a lot of talent within their academy, within their ranks, and they just need to be patient with them a bit. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a difficult balance that one nowadays to see when you need to give youth the chance and when you actually need to go out and buy big. Yeah. Does make a lot of a lot of sense, and I like the point about youth because a lot of people aren't really patient <clears throat> with the youth. You know, they expect these guys to just magically grow and become the top ten best players in the world. But then sometimes they also need to learn. They also need to be groomed, and yeah, it's it's crazy. It's actually crazy. And just even just going back on the youth, when you're talking about um, Antu, Fati, um, Firpo, um, Ricky, all these guys, um, they're from the Youth Academy at La Masia, correct? Yeah. And I just want, are these the, because I haven't really been seeing um, Barcelona and putting these um, La Masia products into their team but are these recent guys are they putting them in this season or maybe last season um, I think from probably last season we started seeing Ricky more and more often but he would get more couple of minutes but this season Kike Setien is coming and he's I think he's coming with an idea that okay the best players are going to play every game in my opinion like the people who he sees fit are going to play every game are going to play the game when it's ahead of us so if he's decided to start Ricky then he's going to he's going to start Ricky he's going to start Ansu Fati ahead of Griezmann he's going to do it he's not here to he's, he's shown that he's not really there to please people in terms of um, feeding into their egos I think mainly, mainly with Griezmann there that he's, he's no one has a set position but yeah it's when it comes to La Masia players coming in to the Barcelona team, there's it's not as yeah, it's not as prevalent as it used to be. But that's also due to some players um holding in like a rock position. For example, like PK has been in that position for the last eleven years, Messi, Sergio Busquets, so the people you can't really move out of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as some very good signings that have been made. I think Jordi Alba you could say that you could say Samuel and Titi Clement Longley are pretty up there when it comes to centre backs um Testeg is one of the best but the, the I'll say maybe over the last three years the most um 
uh, the, the most recent, or not recent, but the most common La Masia player of, of recent times that you'll see on this on the on the team list is Sergio Roberto. Because I think because he's versatile, and yeah, you see that's the only reason why he probably get much time in because he's versatile. But otherwise, besides them, you don't see them playing a major role in the squad in terms of younger players, like how Xavi, Messi, and Iniesta did when they first burst onto the scene. But yeah, I think with time, I don't know how long Setien will have because yeah, these days no one is playing around with managers. Yeah. But I think if anyone. Um, in the last maybe three years in terms of personal management that I'll trust to um, give young players a chance it seems like Setien is the one yeah yeah and I enjoyed that I think yeah as I said these young players you just have to give them time and let them grow into the role I think also it's also key that the experience is there because you just don't to throw every young player there without having experience and I think that's, that's what I like. I think at Barcelona, you look at there's Busquets there and there's De Jong. Of course, in the next couple of years, De Jong will take over that role. But having Busquets there where De Jong can learn off him and teach him a few things and just even play together, it just helps him groom in that role. Even Ansu Fati with Messi still being there. It just helps him grow into the role and learn and understand the Barca way. And I think... For me, that's the most important thing. Experience mixed with youth. That's the most important thing. That's very true, man. That's very true. But yeah, um, then I, I, I just want to ask you this this question. But <laughs> so after all this has been said and done, my question to you is that: What will happen to Barcelona? If Lionel Messi leaves the club, um, I think using the word capitulation will probably be a very good <laughs> description of it. <laughs> but um, I think I'd want to break it down more, like to look at it in terms of um, what big players leaving can do to a team in terms of what you have done before then. Um, my first example, I'll give you two examples, and I'll give not three examples actually. Uh, Manchester United, Real Madrid, and Barcelona as well. Um, Manchester United had built an empire. They were on top of the world. City had been coming back, had been coming into the picture when Alex decided to leave. But we we all saw what happened afterwards. Um, it's funny how a team that was winning had literally won the Premier League title the season before could fall down the following season and continue to fall as. Um, as time went on, I'm not going to dwell on this this topic for long before I start getting uh, <laughs> Manchester United hate in the comments. But yeah, <laughs> you figure what I'm saying. It's just about yeah. the the they had built an empire, but there wasn't enough of a solid foundation for an average manager or just maybe an above average manager like David Moyes to to come take over and continue on that run kind of thing. And yeah, it's taken a long time for them to to rebuild, but it seems like they're getting back on track. And the reason why they're getting back on track, in my opinion, is because they've found a balance of youth and experience to, to drive their team forward. Then, yeah, on to my second example is um, Real Madrid um, post the Ronaldo, or, yeah, after the Ronaldo transfer to university, to, to Juventus. Um, that one was a bit of a rough transition because it needed 
or it, it had both a new manager coming in and as well as your star player leaving and yeah though they were on a three-peat for winning the Champions League they were going for their fourth no one really expected them to win the fourth one due to those um, yeah those, those departures but they didn't capitulate they didn't become a useless team as, 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 as that them getting knocked out of the round of 16 and coming third I think in La Liga if not second in La Liga um, is not the worst thing that can happen to you straight after such a loss in terms of players and managers but you can see that this season um, with Zidane coming back I don't even think he came back completely through but with Zidane coming back that they had built something in terms of the youth you can see how uh, Vinicius Junior Rodrigo all these players who had been signed under 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 the radar and had been developed alongside great players like Ronaldo and Benzema and Bale and all that stuff had now have been able now to kind of step up in terms of their contributions to the team. Like you can't say Rodrigo and Vinicius and all these guys have been pivotal, but they have played a great supporting role. Even people like uh, Lucas Vasquez have played a great supporting role, and that's what the youth are there for when they're young they're not there to be your your game winners your game killers but they will make the difference as you as you go forward then on to my last example is just Barcelona as soon as Xavi left and then um, stepping forward as soon as Iniesta left um, their, U, their UCL form their Champions League form um, tells the entire story that Barcelona haven't won the Champions League since Xavi left back in 2015. That was the last time they won the Champions League. And since then, they've been knocked out um, every every season in the knockout stages due to away losses. That was losing 2-0 away to Atletico back in 2016, 3-0 away to Juventus um, back in 2017. And that was the same year they lost 4-0 away to PSG, but had that incredible comeback. Um, they lost 3 0 away to Roma in 2018 and 4 0 away to Liverpool in 2019. And that's, to me, I, don't, I wouldn't say exactly only this is the only reason why they lost that much. But I mean, in fact, the reason why they lost is because Xavi wasn't there. And because Xavi, the, for the last, the previous 10 years, had been the game controller for Barcelona. When you have home games and stuff like that, when you have a home game, especially at a stadium like the Camp Nou, you don't need that much control because every team in the world is going to step off. Every team in the world is going to know that they won't get enough of the ball because they're playing Barcelona, the Barcelona. Because even with this team that Barcelona have right now, they will still dominate position at home against almost any team in the world. And hence, it was it was smooth sailing, no matter how bad the team actually was. But when you go have an away game at at Atleti, at Juve, at Roma, at Anfield, you're going to need players like Xavi and Iniesta to, to control the game. And with the, with the loss of um, Xavi and without, the, without them obtaining an able-bodied replacement or growing an able-bodied replacement at that time, along with Xavi being there, that's how we've seen basically the fall of Barcelona. I feel like that's been the root of the problem as well as the defensive frailties being exposed more and more because of them not being there. But now, we, we fast forward, let's say, 2021. Lionel Messi to Juventus or to Man City. <laughs> and whatever madness he will go into at those clubs, we, we, we don't know. And hopefully, in my, in my opinion, we will never know. 
but I feel like there's nobody ready to become a match winner the way Lionel Messi is. I don't think anyone ever will be able to fill his boots, will ever be able to <laughs> replicate what he's done in that number 10 jersey. But, and the same thing can be said about Ronaldo saying no one could ever do what he did in that number 7 at Real Madrid. But there is a way to get around it in terms of preparing for it. And I think Real Madrid tried. They haven't done completely. But people have stepped up. I can't see anybody right now in Barcelona stepping up to fill in that role. Because if you were to ask me who the next best attack at Barcelona is, I would say it's Suarez. And he's past his best. He's still playing really well, don't get me wrong. He's, but he's, he's past his best. If Messi's leaving, chances are Suarez is leaving the following season. That kind of thing. Griezmann hasn't hit the ground running. And I feel like, again, he doesn't have longevity on his side I think he should be I think he's supposed to be at the peak of his career in terms of age but in that I don't think he has many years where he can carry Barcelona for as long as Messi did so that's where my biggest problem is it's just been that they haven't prepared for life after Messi they've just been enjoying what's been going on right now too much Mm. and uh, if the fall of Barcelona after Xavi left is like this I can't even describe what it will be like as soon as Messi retires and Messi decides to leave the club. Yeah, um, I think you summed it up perfectly. I think for me, even just um, as a as a Chelsea fan, I always used to look at yeah, when when your Hazard leaves or when your Lampard or Drogba, Terry, when these guys, these great players leave, who's going to be that guy who steps up? And I think. I would say that for these types of players, like when you mentioned Messi, I think it's not a you can't replace them because there'll never be another player like them or even Ronaldo. I think the best thing to do, like what you said, is I think you need to build a team. You need to build a group of match winners where if, let's just say, match doesn't step up, Tim is going to step up, you know. It's, if everyone has a role to throw, we can't all just rely on one player. Everyone has to say, I'm going to be that, that one guy who's going to step up and take the game to the opponents. In which, that's what I'm in favour of every single time. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, especially if he does leave Barcelona and go to either Man City or Juventus. I mean... <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'll be very, very interesting for the neutrals to see. I'd actually love to maybe actually see him in a different league a different tempo but I feel because of probably personal reasons he probably might not leave Barcelona if anything if he does it would be a very very shocking thing for me but yeah it's one of those things that's in the balance I think even the the board are now afraid of that because they realise that <laughs> they put themselves in the situation where they could literally lose the best player in the world exactly so it's interesting interesting times but I mean only time will tell so that being said, I think we go into the Q&As. Mm. Not a lot of questions, though. I don't know why people don't want to ask questions. Anyways, um, the first question is from Hilary Miti, and he asks that, thoughts on Arteta's growth as a manager in limited time? Oh, yeah, but by, by the way, to the viewers, Anessa is also an Arsenal fan, so, yeah. Um, yeah, this, this, this question is in the wake of um, last night's and uh, yeah, very very few things in this world hurt more than losing a game to Tottenham Hotspur. Oh 
think the only, the only pain that can come close to that is losing a game to Manchester United. But, oh, yeah, my God. Don't even start it. <laughs> um, I think it's very... It would be very cynical for us to judge Arteta completely based on results, considering that he's just inherited a team that he's been unable to basically alter by himself. Um, and it's been also... Uh, I don't I don't know how to describe this year, but it's been um, a very, very, very strange year in terms of football, in terms of just the world itself. So I wouldn't be able to sit down and say, Arteta's done this because he's lost this many games. But I feel like he has done well in terms of stabilizing the team because I wouldn't lie to you, there was a point in time when I was like, if Arsenal finished 15th, I wouldn't be surprised. That was my mentality. I knew we wouldn't get relegated. I knew we wouldn't go down in that because that's when quality would just step up. But I was just, I was, I was, I was genuinely okay with it. I was like, we'll just go again next season. <laughs> but since he's taken over, I've seen a very, very interesting or very good improvement in terms of the the mood around the camp. I watch the the, the training videos and as well as just following the the players' um, socials. So you can see that it's. It doesn't the the club vibe doesn't feel the same as it was probably let's say in October last year. You can see that they're they're enjoying their football. They're like the team in itself is already just a, a positive team and with like Lacazette and Obame and Gwenduzi, Maitland-Niles, all these guys are they're they're always happy. Like after would get pumped in the league. <laughs> the following day you'll see people laughing at training and it's not because they're not serious about their job. It's because there's um, draw of your characters but now you can see that um, it's not just about them being happy as, 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 as individuals but as they can see that the team is gelling well they're playing they're playing better football both together though the results have been of a team maybe yeah deserving Europa League status since Arteta took over you can see that um, big club mentality building up there's a little bit more of an arrogance when they play but you can still see the frailties in the team that hopefully um, the board give Arteta enough time to fix basically because I feel like with these managers these days like we were saying with Barcelona um, same thing with young players and same thing with managers is that you don't have time you either have to produce the product as soon as possible or we move on because of just how um, success centred and how money centred the game has become so I would, just, I would genuinely just love to see the the, the support and the, the patience that Man United have given to Oli, given to Arteta, where you don't just judge him off one season or one and a half season, where you, you give him enough transfer windows to try and implement what he wants to do. And in doing that, we can see what his vision is and where it's going to take the club. And if it's in the right direction, yeah, I'm fully behind him. But when, yeah, only time will tell uh, what. Uh, Mikel can actually do to Arsenal. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's great because I think you he will be a, a good manager. I think, as you said, I think they just need time to implement what 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 they want, how the teams want want the teams to play. I mean, yeah, it's, as you said, also that football these days is unforgiving. If you don't produce the results, then then um, it's curtains for you. So. Yeah, uh, I just hope he gets time. Uh, I would like to see how his teams evolve when he gets the the backing, the transfers, and how um, his teams will play. So it will be it will be interesting. Um, second question: 
is from Tino Chinawera and he asks why does Anesu support Arsenal? I, I ask myself that question almost every day, man. <laughs> almost every day I ask myself why I support Arsenal. But um, I think in terms of why I started was just genuinely because uh, my dad is an Arsenal fan. I'm not 100% sure of how he started supporting it, but yeah. Um, I started supporting Arsenal mainly because of that. But as time went on, um, the Wenger ball also brainwashed me. I started enjoying it so much because it just... Um, I think most people can't deny that when Arsenal were playing football, when they would get a game at their best, it's it's just something glorious to watch in terms of that. But like at their worst, yeah, we <laughs> we've seen we've seen what they can be. But I think just yeah, throughout that period, maybe two thousand seven to two thousand eleven, I as I grew in terms of my knowledge of football, and the same thing in Boston, my knowledge and understanding of football. Um, I began, began to fall in love with that kind of football where it's just take the ball, pass the ball, and we go like that. And that's pretty much hasn't changed throughout my life. It's been altered a bit, just like we have to in terms of the way when football moves forward. But that's what I did fall in love with. And as well, it's just the players who've gone through Arsenal. Um, I, I, I hate to name them because of how of how much <laughs> how they've sabotaged us over there. But like players like Sami Nasri. Robin Van Persie, um, um, people wouldn't really acknowledge how good he was, but also Bakri Sanya. Those yeah. kind of players, they, they've left us for, for greener pastures. <laughs> but um, those are the players who I started looking up to when I was young in terms of modeling, um, how to play, and at a greater part in terms of um, who I would grow up to be maybe as a footballer and as a person, like looking at players like Aaron Ramsey someone who I've always looked up to in terms of um, character on and off the field but yeah this has been it's been a very interesting relationship with the club uh, it's an abusive relationship at times but we, we, we move forward what, what, what did um, Will and Jada say together forever bad marriage <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, that, that, that's how that's how it that's how it kind of feels at times but yeah man you celebrate the eyes and you take every low very 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 tough man. Yeah, that, that's 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 amazing I mean I don't even know how you'd support such a club I couldn't even support a club like that you, you, you support a team that wins the league then finishes in ninth the next season man. That's, mean, that's an emotional roller coaster. That's that's a true emotional roller coaster. Man. True, true. I, mean, I don't even like that as all. Well, but yeah, you see um, enough some of us guys. That's all. That's all going to experience this season. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That, that's that's interesting to me. Uh, I think we all have our different stories. When we start supporting clubs, I won't tell mine today because it's not about me. So, yeah. um, the last question is from a very very close person. He asked me. Why is your next guest such a baller? And this one was asked by none other than my guest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please may you answer the question, Mr. Tiganifu. <laughs> then, um, yeah, my guest is he's a baller. He's actually, he actually plays football, surprisingly. Um, a keeper, not, although not the biggest. I'm also not the biggest, but yeah, he plays, he plays there. Although I think he's, he's you've changed positions, correct? Uh, it depends on what we're playing. I'm mean, playing 11 or 11, then I'm a goalkeeper straight. Because, yeah, the fitness level sometimes catch up too. <laughs> but, uh, 
we when we're playing maybe indoor indoor 11 or 11 or just yeah five on five so then i'll be playing in midfield but yeah it's a edison kind of thing you know <laughs> ah, i feel i feel <laughs> no no exactly so you heard them now we played together we played together and in primary school and yeah we, we had great times together someone that i love playing with they have good chemistry on and off the field and yeah he's, he's an amazing person and yeah it's it's very very good to have him on the on the show <laughs> yeah man it's, it's, it's surreal man thinking that we <laughs> 15 years ago in grade one and now we're talking on a podcast but it's kind of wild but yeah it's you all know. part of the journey man it's been a it's been a pleasure um on the journey with you as well as just yeah being on on today in the podcast man yeah it's all good it's all good i actually have to thank you because yeah yeah you know just, just fun, trying to find time or taking your time out of a busy schedule like yo um, Again, only we know how much I had to <laughs> do this one <laughs> exactly only we know only yeah but, but yeah it's, it's been amazing man. this is just a privilege I, I can't wait to see how much this grows in the, the weeks and the years to come we'll continue doing our part in terms of sharing listening subscribing with the people but yeah just keep on doing what you're doing man. I can see this going really far I appreciate it. Kind words, kind words. Yeah, humble beginnings, small beginnings. You know, start off small, and hopefully you keep growing and growing and turn the G into a global. I don't know if that made sense, but <laughs> doesn't have to. It sounds cool. We keep on exactly, exactly. But now, um, it was definitely good having you on the show. To everyone who was, to was listening, um, to everyone who's going to listen. Um, thank you for getting all the way here. I appreciate every single one of you. Please um, don't bother, don't be afraid to ask questions on the Instagram page so that we can add, uh, so that I can add them in the pod. And yeah, and if you, um, where, where can they follow you on the socials? Um, you see, the thing is, I'm scared to get Man United hate in my DMs. But my my Instagram is Anesu is at My my Twitter is at Anesu underscore CM. But yeah, please guys, uh, be easy with the head comments. I I'm just sharing my opinion. Um, I I know I know already that some people like uh, Tino Miti and um, yeah and Tawanda have been triggered by this. But yeah, <laughs> we're alright. But yeah, just. Guys, just continue. Please, just continue supporting Simba. Continue supporting this this project he's created because yeah, I see it going really far. But it's just about um you guys as listeners and you guys as his friends in terms of getting behind him and supporting. Him. Because yeah, this is how we grow as as communities as um, as brothers in terms of all of this. Man. Oh, if you could see me, I would, I would, you, I would, you would probably see that I'm crying right now. But. <laughs> Oh man, that, that, that's too kind. That's great. I really do appreciate it. But man, it's been an honor talking to you. Um, really, has. thank you very much. Hopefully, you can link up again to everyone who's listened. Thank you. Please, if you have any questions, hit me up. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened to this. I appreciate all of you guys. And yeah, um, take care, bro. Have a good one. You too, man. All right.